Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Due season, for in due season we shall reap if we faint, but not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially. Okay, so do good unto all. Okay. Christians should have a heartbeat to impact all, but especially, dialed in focus, especially unto them who are of the household of faith, namely the people of God, Christians. Okay, we can apply it to our, an application to your brothers and sisters in Christ in this church, right? So let's look at these few verses together and ask us the question about being not exempt. Not exempt, the title of the message here this afternoon. Let's pray, ask the Lord to help us out. Father, again, thank you for the singing and the moving heart of the gospel to be light, to rescue the perishing. Thank you for these dear folks who've gathered again for fellowship time around the Word, and what a joy it's been already this day, refreshing to me, to my family, Father. Thank you so much for God's people, for Pastor Ray Morris, his leadership here. Bless and continue to give grace and wisdom in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, not being exempt or being exempt oftentimes reminds us what happens on that April day there in the middle when we file our what? Now, how many of you who file taxes really like exemptions? Okay. Now, of course, um, we're not getting into it, but we do know there were some tax laws changed by a president that probably are going to get changed back or whatever the case may be. Some of that tax laws changed. And fr- frankly, the tax laws are often changing all the time. That sometimes there's good exemptions. Sometimes there's bad exemptions. Sometimes it helps you. Sometimes it doesn't. Some people don't care. But we do know that there are exemptions along the way. I want to talk to you this afternoon quickly on three things that a believer is not exempt from, okay? Three things that a believer is not exempt from. We're going to just mention these, and then we're going to unpack them quickly. A believer is not exempt, number one, from reaping and sowing. A believer is not exempt from, number two, wanting to quit. And number three, a believer is not exempt from being a blessing. Let's unpack these. Number one, a believer is not exempt from reaping and sowing. Now, I know I'm talking to some folks that understand what the Bible says, the doctrine of justification by faith. How many of you have a good, good sense of what that means when I say that? Okay. Now, the book of Galatians lays the framework for what we call the doctrine of justification by faith. Romans 3 and chapter 4, chapter 3 and chapter 4 also outline this in detail. But the whole point of the book of Galatians is that Paul was preaching that a man can be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. There were some false teachers, the Judaizers, who were coming into the church teaching false doctrine that in order for you to be saved, you had to maybe do the Jesus thing, but you had to get circumcised. So what they just did, they added something to the gospel. They changed the gospel message. As Paul said, they abandoned and perverted the gospel message. Now, I will suggest the same thing is true today. 
Anybody who adds anything to Jesus is a false gospel. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Because what Jesus did on the cross was good enough, come on, powerful enough, come on, help me out, able enough to save us. Why? You can't improve on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so because of faith in Jesus, on who he is and what he's done, a man can be justified, have imputed righteousness, and forever be placed in a loving relationship with God. And all God's people said, how many of you are glad you're in Christ? Do you realize you don't deserve it? You don't deserve it now, but Brother Wilson, I serve in the church. I'm a deacon. I've been saved for, you know, 105 years. I don't know what the case is. It doesn't matter. It's still grace. It's still all grace. It's still based on the basis of Jesus and who he is and what he did for you upon that cross. Now, we could wax eloquent all afternoon about this. We're not. But you understand what Jesus did for you was good enough, and you're declared righteous by faith. Yes? Okay, everybody good? Now, sometimes, somehow, we lose sight that reaping and sowing is still in effect for the believer. Now, in the text of Scripture, it talks about sowing to the Spirit and sowing to the flesh. Did you catch that? Now, we understand theologically in the big picture that an unsaved person who, who is flesh, right? They're unsaved, unregenerate. And they make decisions, they live their life according to the flesh, following their sinful nature, their sinful mind, their sinful heart, that they will eventually, because of what they are sowing, they will reap what? Eternal death. For the wages of sin is what? So by sinning and 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 sinning, they'll eventually get what they what? Deserve. Which is separation God forever paying for their sins. Okay? And there's a sense that a believer who is now possessed and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who are now uh, uh, giving into the Spirit, making decisions of the Spirit, mortifying the flesh, living by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, being changed by the Spirit, that we will ultimately reap the benefit of the Spirit, which is life everlasting. And all God's people said, so you, you, are, you, are control, or you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, now be controlled by the Holy Spirit is what Paul says. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. How many understand that? Okay, everybody good? Because we're, we're, I'm going to go back and do that all again, so tell me you're good. Okay, so there's a sense that unsaved people will reap what they sow, which is hell forever, and a believer will reap what he sows, which is life everlasting. Okay, but we all know there's a sense that even though we're saved and we have the Holy Spirit, that we can still make a bad choice in the flesh and reap a consequence of the flesh. You are not exempt, and neither am I, from reaping and sowing. So the challenge this afternoon with this point is for you to stop and think about your actions or your non-actions, what you're putting into your heart, what you're putting into your mind, what you're thinking about, what you're not thinking about, your Bible intake, your prayer life, and all those things that accompany these daily decisions that we make so that you understand that you are not exempt from reaping and sowing. I'm a gardener. Anybody else do, do a garden? Oh, who does a garden? Raise your hand if you like gardens. Now, we live in northern Michigan, so it's like a little different, right? You have like, you know what, a week and a half to do a garden? Maybe two, if we're, maybe two if we're lucky, right? Um, 
So I, I, I like to garden. Now, I have to be a little more honest and unpack this a little bit. Some of you like doing gardens near your house. How many like doing gardens near your house? How many plant tomatoes and what else do you plant? Come on, help me out here. Cabbage. Cucumbers. Come on, help me out here. Squash, watermelon, yes. Okay, so I like to plant stuff too, but I don't do my garden near my house. I do my garden in the woods. And I plant things in the woods. It happens to be near a tree stand. I plant radishes, rape. I plant uh, turnips, thank you. And I, 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 it's all good stuff. Uh, uh, no, I buy those from the gas station. We take those out. But anyways, okay. But not recently. So, so I guard. Now, when I got into, okay, this is not a garden. Is everybody with me now? Okay, it's a food plot. Okay, so we'll just get right there. Okay, so I have this food plot thing. But I learned the process of how to do this. Now, I grew up in Moline, Illinois. For those of you who don't know, Moline, Illinois is the John Deere capital of the world. That's why I like Dan Warner, because he, he doesn't drive orange tractors. He drives green tractors, okay? So John Deere capital of the world. But I, but I grew up in Moline, Illinois, but I'm not a farmer, okay? We live in the city. I was a city boy at heart. I grew up in the city. I never got into farming. Okay, so for the first time, like two years ago, three years ago, I did a food plot. And so what did I do? I farmed for like two days <laughs> on one acre. It really wasn't farming. But then I realized at the end of that experience that I'm not supposed to be a farmer. Okay, but here's what I did. Um, they had this process. You, 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 um, you, you uh, have to kill it. And then you till it. You disc it, right? So you kill it. And you have to make sure it's not going to rain. And then, you, like, 10 days later, then you're disking it. And then you're, you're liming everything, right? If you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, just hang with me. Because I didn't have any idea what I was talking about. I still don't really know what I'm talking about. But this is what they told me to do. You lime it, change the acid in the soil. And then you, like, fertilize it. And then after the fertilizer, you know, now you're, now you're throwing your seed and you're doing your gardening part. And then now you're doing rain dances. No, I'm just praying. I'm <laughs> just kidding. You're praying the Lord for rain to get the rain going, okay? And then all of a sudden, it grows things out of the ground. And when it grows things out of the ground, big brown animals with big antlers come out. And then Mr. Wilson over here, one out of three, I'm usually good. I have a shot, okay? So I'm hoping I hit a big deer with antlers. But you see, there was a process. And all started back here. Now, I do this. I, I do these things. Because I want Bambi's grandpa to show up. Okay, that's how this works. But, but there's a law here that you got to do this, 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 and, and keep doing this, 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 if you want to get this. And somehow, somehow Christians just like lose sight of this. I want joy. I want peace. You know, I want to be a witness for Jesus. And then you start looking at what you listen to and what you watch on your phone. And how much Bible you don't read. You know? And then the decision you made here. And the decision you made here. And it just doesn't line up with what you want. Now here's the deal. All of us probably should go back and rethink things like social media intake, shall we? Or entertainment intake, shall we? Or how's your Bible reading? And how's your time with God? 
and, and these, all these little decisions that we are making so that we actually are producing a strong witness for Jesus and a Christ-like character and all these things that we know we all want, but you have to look back because sometimes we realize and forget that sowing and reaping still applies to you. What are you reaping right now? Because it's exactly what you did the last three months. We got it? So the challenge is, folks, is just let's focus back and realize that even though we stand before God justified, that we can still make bad decisions in the flesh. And I'm telling you right now, after many, many years of ministry now, I can speak for me and people that I've dealt with. Most consequences in relationships, everybody with me? It's not Satan attacking. It's your bad decisions. Does that make sense? You can apply it to your marriage, to your own personal Christian life, to your witness. Just stop and go back and say, am I sowing the things that I want for this result? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So as God applies that to your life and you think through that for you, whether it's your marriage or this, just remember by the grace of God to make good decisions because decisions lead to habits and habits lead to the fruit that you want in your life. Okay, everybody good? Okay, number one, we're not exempt from reaping and sowing. Number two, we're not exempt. We are not exempt from quitting. Look at the text, if you would, verse nine. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing. To be weary means to be faint, to lose heart, lose commitment. You ever tell when a kid stops trying? How many ever been around a kid? and they lose heart before. You know what I'm talking about? Well-doing is translated from the word good. It literally just means doing good. The motivation becomes perspective on the real outcome of continuing the sowing metaphor. In due season, this emphatic adjective means private and personal. So here's the idea. Let us not be tired. Let us not give up in this process of sowing the right things, the good things, the normal things, the wonderful things, because in due season, in the right private time, you will reap if you faint not. This is attacking a person who feels like quitting. Did you know, like, I, I love the power of the scripture. I mentioned this in Sunday school. Okay, let us not be weary in well-doing. Well-doing. That doesn't sound very fancy, does it? It doesn't sound like a mountaintop, does it? It doesn't sound like a revival of a million people, does it? It doesn't sound like some dramatic, crazy event in my Christian experience, does it? It just says this, don't be weary in doing right. You know, staying for the afternoon service. Mr. Wilson is running around trying to die. Where's that camera at? They're all over. Mr. Wilson's trying to figure out where the cameras are at. Okay, you're in church on an afternoon, you crazy people. And I guarantee some of you, and I don't know, Pastor Morris does not call me up and tell me a list of people who have skipped church in the past. Sorry. But I guarantee some of you didn't come to church, you didn't feel like it. Some of you have made decisions because you just get tired and you get weary. And it's like, oh, you're raising kids and you're a mom and it's this and it's that. It's the same. It's mundane. It's routine. And you just keep doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. And the older, well, maybe some of you get, not me, right? Because I'm almost 40 next week. I feel so old right now. How many remember 40? That's a, that's, a, that's a tough one. Do you guys remember 40? How many remember 40? 
My insecurity is spewing out already. I'm just, I'm turning 40 this week and I'm just struggling with it, I'll be honest. Dan, we're gonna, I don't even wanna celebrate on Tuesday because I'm just having that. But you could still send me a, you know, Kelbell's gift card, that'd be fine, I'll take it. Okay, so, um, so, so I'm turning 40 and you realize that life is not always mountaintop stuff. You, you with me? Dale, you with me? It's not always mountaintop. Now there are some mountaintop things. But you know what life is just about? Just waking up, just do right. Obey God, walk in the spirit, and just keep doing right. And, and that time you feel the flesh is pulling you away, you say no by the grace of God and you be controlled by the spirit. And, and no one will ever know, uh, besides Jesus, but who cares about that, right? Because most of the time, instead of doing it for man, just do it for Jesus anyway. Just do the right thing, the small thing. And the admonition for the scripture is this. Let us not be weary in well-doing in this life of being controlled by the Spirit. For in due season we shall reap not if we faint not. And what is that reaping? One day you'll be raised from the dead. Is that okay, is that okay for you? Jesus will hold you accountable for your love for him. And you'll enter into eternity forever with him to worship Jesus forever. Is that okay? Is that, is that a good enough reaping for you? the presence of Jesus and the, and, the, and the commendation of Christ himself to you, if, if maybe no one else sees it in my own Michigan, and trust me, no one else sees it in my own Michigan, but you wake up, you live for Jesus, you live for Jesus, you live for Jesus, you do right, you do right, you do right, you keep coming to church, you keep going slow, you keep passing on track, you keep praying, you keep doing all the small little things that no one else pays attention to. And don't, for an instant, decide to quit. All, your mom, all the moms wave at me. Moms, you get a little tired, don't you? Another diaper, another spanking, another this, another that, another this, another that. One of the greatest things in all the world is a mama raising her kids for Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't want to quit. You're not exempt. If the scripture admonishes this, the tendency of Christians is want to quit. So the scripture has to remind us, don't quit. You will reap, which is so not. Last thing, number three, so we're not exempt from reaping and sowing. Got it? We're not exempt from wanting to quit because it's in all of us to get tired and weary. The admonition is, no, keep going. Get your, get your eyes back on the prize. And the third one, and we're done. Let it, uh, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them or the household of faith. You're not exempt from being a blessing. The Bible says this, as we have therefore, next word, opportunity. You know, God gives us some opportunities, does he not? Opportunities to be a blessing. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know that you're not automatically a blessing? Now, sometimes we think we're automatically a blessing, okay? And uh, that's not how this works. That you have got to think about, number one, opportunities. God, I guarantee, gives you every single day, every single week, or every single month, or whatever, opportunities to do good to, every, to, to, to all. Okay, and the emphasis now is a testimony of God to all. It's God's heartbeat for all people. That's the idea. But then it hones in on, especially them are of the household of faith. As we have opportunity, let us do good. So here's the, here's the equation. God will give you opportunities okay, to do good and be a blessing. And we're tempted to think we're exempt from that. Oh, I'm saved. I go to church. Go make a difference in someone's life. Go make a difference 
by you giving or doing something for someone. Because when God gives you an opportunity, Mr. Wilson, I'm not a camp director. Mr. Wilson, I'm not a preacher. Mr. Wilson, I don't have a lot of influence. Oh, you don't need influence or a title. Trust me, you just need opportunities. Okay? You need opportunities. And whatever that means for you, I don't know. You might pay for somebody's food in the drive-through line and leave a gospel track. I don't know. You might think of a relative that you have and send them a card and a $20 bill. You might do this or do this. It doesn't always have to be monetarily, but the point is be a blessing. Be a blessing. You know why? Because your God is a God of blessing. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 1, it is a God who wants to bless the world and bless children and bless people. And the reason people don't get blessing from God is because they reject God. But God is a God of blessing, and I think he wants his people to be a people that gives blessing. All right? So we're not exempt from everything, are we? How many are glad you're justified? Amen? But sowing and reaping still applies to you. Okay, got it? And, and wanting to quit, getting tired, getting weary, you're not exempt from it. But just remember, let's go. Okay, get back in it. Let's keep, keep focused. Just keep on going. Keep doing the small, little, mundane, routine things of life for the Lord. And then don't forget, you're not exempt from being a blessing. Maybe look for ways this week to be a blessing to, to anybody, okay? The people that you interact with, the unsaved, unsaved world that God loves. But maybe there's even a need in this church that you can meet that need and do good and be a blessing to that person in the church, okay? Make sense? Everybody good? All right, heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.